You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. Today we have a very special guest, another interview, and I know we've been doing a lot. But remote ID is so important because if you're like me and you love to fly and you don't want to lose those rights to fly, well, then it's time to act. It's time to fight for our rights to fly. So in an effort to help explain how remote ID is going to affect, well, the different types of pilots, we have a very special guest today. And on Ask Drone U, we really haven't talked a lot about FPV pilots, hobbyist pilots, or even RC modelers, but yet it seems like they have the most to lose when it comes to remote ID. That's why I'm so excited to have Dave Messina from the FPVFC group here today. Why? Well, Dave is one of the people that helped drone you. It was a partnership of working together to get that comment guide that's now been downloaded almost 7,000 times to help this industry get back on its feet. So if you're like me, then you have a lot of deep respect for Dave. Dave, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be here. So help me understand, what is FPVFC? I mean, I understand that essentially you're fighting for the rights for FPV pilots, but how wide does this blanket go? I mean, who are you representing? Are we talking about Rotor Riot? Are we talking about um, Flight Test? You know, help us understand what FPVFC does. So we've... we've um... We're a 501c3, so we're a not-for-profit not organization. There are four of us that uh, that work this, so Josh Cook, uh, Dan Oaks, and David Wallace. And what we're uh, about is advocating to the FAA. We started out as advocating for the FPV flyer. And then in addition, we're working on education for the FPV community. And the objective there is that... If we want to aspire to be a community-based organization, and one of the things you have to do is make sure you have a safe set of safety guidelines. So we've got that done. And so as we are advocating for the uh, FPV uh, community, what we've done is uh, gotten really involved with the FAA and the Drone Advisory Committee. I've worked on three tasking groups. I'll be presenting at the next DAC at the uh, end of February at the UAS facility map segment, and that'll be live streamed. And what that has done for us and help provide better support for the community as well as broaden our scope of who we can help is we've come in contact with a lot of people in manned and unmanned aviation manufacturers, associations, or organizations. And so uh, we worked and talking to AMA. So a lot of what we do is applicable to classic radio control or surface radio control. And so while certainly our mission and focus is FPV, Almost everything we do is applicable to all recreational UAS. Wow, that's that's awesome. And I think it's really powerful, too, because as many FPV racers watch this, and if they don't know who you are, they're probably saying, what is this, what is this like older guy talking about FPV? But you are the, the structure. You are the group of people that's kind of, in my eyes, unifying the recreational group in a way that, frankly, I think the AMA has failed miserably. And I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because, you know, we're really grateful that the AMA came back out after they put out their comment guide and said, okay, hey, look, 
don't copy and paste your comments. That's not going to help. So, I mean, would you say that FPVFC really does act as the unification method to represent the interests of the recreational flyers? Uh, humbly, I, I hope so. I mean, that's something that we would like to uh, to aspire to. You know, we, you know, it's uh, you know one of the questions is what gives us the authority to uh, represent the various communities, and we try to earn that every day. And so, with the material that we put out there, with you know, we've reached out and talked to the AMA, uh, most of the uh, manufacturers and retailers in the RC and FPV community. So we're really about collaborating with the FAA and working with whomever, as long as they have a view that, hey, this NPRM is something that you know we need to try to uh, get changed around so it's more helpful or so that it's more beneficial to all of us in uh, UAS. Yeah, I would say as the uh, NPRM for remote ID as published or as proposed, excuse me, uh, would go out, it seems like, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... You guys have the most to lose, is that right? We do. We we think we do because if you if you think about, you know, what are the aspects and we've got a, a 24-page set of comments now and I was writing it down before we started talking and there are connectivity issues, there's amateur built, there's the mission uh, and airspace restrictions, there's new things called FRIAs as you know, the uh, FAA recognized uh, identification area. There are the proposed dates, uh, there's registration, and then there, uh, there are various assumptions. And all of those hit uh, those of us in recreational really hard. And, you know, I, I can start, you know, you know, the connectivity one I know is, uh, is dear to you. Uh, we're pushing for just broadcast, nothing on the Internet. Uh, and, oh, by the way, there are a, a number of organizations have come out and they're almost exactly saying the same things and the same statements we are. One of them is the AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. That was surprising. Um, and that was it was delightful, you know, very coherent uh, piece of work. And uh, that's good. And the uh, Alliance for Drone Innovation, same thing, you know, a very well-respected group and very similar views on what we've come out with. Uh, so, you know, if you'd like, I can I can work through some of those items or ha- handle this however you like. Oh, I appreciate that, Dave, and I really appreciate your humility, as many FPV pilots do as well. But I think what we should do is really just break down how these proposed remote ID rules would, well, maybe transform what it looks like to fly from these these various positions as pilots. But before we get started, I'm I'm just really curious. For those out there who don't know, how long have have you been flying? Um, well, so probably, uh, well, uh, Classic RC, probably about 45 years. Wow. And so... Um, so your heart's flying, in the uh, right place. Yeah. And uh, uh, for uh, uh, racing drones and assembling them, soldering them together uh, since uh, early 2016. Wow. Wow. So, Wow. All right. Well, let's break this down. So do you remember the first time you took flight? Um, with a drone? Absolutely. Well, with, yeah. with an RC plane. And the first time yeah, you took that, flight. that I do. I was 14. And do you remember where you were? Do you remember the aircraft? And do you remember how you felt? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, uh, interestingly, uh, um, uh, we've moved nine times, uh, but I'm uh, back uh, in my hometown after uh, 28 years. And so it was in a, a field in this hometown in uh, upstate New York. 
uh, and uh, I, the plane took off, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, it augured right in. So that was my first flight, and uh, that that taught me to go get some help and uh, have an instructor and a buddy box uh, uh, to learn how to fly. But you were um, still excited, right? Oh, it was great! Absolutely, it was a uh, an, had an Enya forty five on it, and you know, so this is uh, you know an, antique in uh, uh, in today's standards. So let me ask you. Um, if the proposed remote ID went through as proposed right now and the local AMA field that you flew on doesn't make it as a Freya and you wanted to take, let's say, that you have a 14-year-old son out to the field and you couldn't do that, how is that yeah. going to make you feel? Well, it's it's awful. It's it's devastating. I, I'm uh, very fortunate that uh, I have, have uh, a five-acre yard that I mow. Uh, <laughs> so... So that would all that would also have to be a Freya. So if with the current uh, publication, I could not fly quads, I couldn't fly fixed wing there, uh, which I do both, and I'd have to find a field that uh, that is a Freya. And so, you know, in that twelve month period where they it's going to be allowed to register a Freya, and then the FAA anticipates that they will decline over time. You you would end up driving longer and longer distance. So the field that I fly at now is a mile and a half away. The uh, the next one is forty miles away. So and I've done that when I lived in Texas, and that was a it's a burden to uh, you know get out to the field and then come back. Of course, I, I never did things like forget you know a battery or a transmitter. So that never happens. Well, that's but, good. Uh, <laughs> that's good. So for people who don't really understand, um, when it comes to hobby or recreational flight. If under the proposed rules, if they don't meet the standard or broadcast sections of remote ID, meaning they can't connect to the Internet and they're not pushing out a broadcast signal, then those drones, which would be RC planes, RC helicopters, FPV drones, cine whoops, uh, micro whoops, whatever you want to call them, all of those are now going to be restricted to FRIAs. And for those of you who don't know, a FRIA is a federally, uh, is it federally restricted identification area? Is that right? FAA recognized identification area. Recognized, that's the word I messed up, recognized. But here's the thing, over the years, we've had more AMA fields building up over time across the United States. But with the FRIA set up, what they're saying is that we can only create these fields to fly for the next 12 months and that's it. After that, we're done. Right. No more applications. And all of the AMA fixed sites that where they got the uh, MOAs from the FAA to say, okay, you can now fly you know, UAS there. The, all the AMA fields have to reapply through a CBO to become a FRIA. And, and then they have to be FAA approved. And they haven't defined what the CBO is, have they? Correct. Nice. The, yeah, not defined. All right. So let's let's bring this full circle. So Long and the short of it is the uh, the uh, overall area in which recreational pilots can fly is going to go from a large majority of the airspace to probably less than 1% of the total airspace of the entire United States, which is why you are fighting so avidly to protect the rights to fly. So when you and I got together with some other people and came up with some ways to combat these negative efforts that came out from the FAA. We came up with some ideas, and I know you've gone much further than that now, but we know that the only way to fight this is to really comment on the NPRM, and it's how you comment is so important. And I know there's a lot of FPV racers out there that are like fired up, just like me, and they're angry, just like me, 
But what we have to understand is that like you and like me, we're both humans. And what's the human reaction if someone comes screaming and yelling at you? It's like, whoa, right? You don't really want to help that person out. But when you come to someone and say, hey, I've got a problem and uh, I'd really like your help, right? As a human, you have this innate uh, response to want to help someone. So in the same way, we want to comment that way. What's the problem? What's the solution? So one of the the biggest uh, issues that I see with recreation is how we're absolutely killing STEM education, killing recreational flights, and really killing the funnel for people to get a chance to try drones and then figure out, hey, I can turn this into a business? What? So what is FPVFC out there? Well, I, I, I keep moving way forward. We haven't even answered the questions. How does this affect the hobbyists? Re- down and dirty, really quick. I keep skipping ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. No, no problem. So the so first, as we touched on the, the free, so where I can fly, so parks, school grounds, backyard, gone, unless it's established as a free. So where I can fly is, is just very limited. Next is the equipment and the availability of it. So if I'm flying, whatever, you know, if it's a fixed wing RC, non-equipped, no remote ID, if it's a, uh, a racing drone, if it's a uh, an FPV with a GoPro on it, that's all limited to a FRIA. So how do I get that equipment? So if, if we see a drop-off in manufacturers, it's like logical that batteries, flight controllers, video transmitters, you know, every component that we put onto our uh, FPV drones will be more difficult to obtain. You know, and, then, and then we don't need to get into the, the various legislation that's happening. Um, but we anticipate that prices will likely go up and availability will go down on uh, set uh, on various components. And then the underlying software that we use and depend on, things like Betaflight, could be uh, at risk because you have a much, much smaller base using it. Wow. Um, so long and the short, if I understand the equipment part of this, is that... W- are we going to be able to still fly the same FPV drones if the rules go through as is? Only in a FRIA. So if there's no FRIA, then we can't fly those drones. And they're That's useless. Correct. Wow. That's correct. And, wow. and if you make it compliant to a limited remote uh, UAS, then you cannot fly them inside because they won't light up. They, they won't uh, be able to take off. So that's a, that's one of the reasons why we're we don't like the the limited remote ID UAS because that says oh I need to see a GPS and I need an internet connection and if I don't have either of those I don't start up you know I cannot take off yeah and I just see so many problems with that and and just to clarify for everyone you and I have the same perspective we are saying no network RID at all and right. I'm just completely against it. You know, guys, when your friends ask you, why are you so fired up about remote ID? Just say this. Hey, you got a car, right? You got a license plate, right? Well, if you cut off that lady over there, she can't figure out where you live. What if your license plate had a monthly fee? You got automated tickets because your car is connected to the Internet 100% of the time. And, oh, yeah, that lady that you just cut off, she can see where you live. How would you feel? Right? I mean, that's how I break it down for everyone. I'm not sure how you do it, but frankly, I just think if this, I don't really even understand how anyone's going to comply with the proposal as written, but I think it's important to help people understand it might not have been the FAA that quote unquote wrote this. So I think they've got their hands tied behind their back. And I think the comments that we use are going to help them 
fight other government agencies that are trying to impose these laws. So, all right, FPV racers, we talked about the hobbyists, and you kind of, you, you, you mentioned the RC planes, the fixed wing stuff too, but so whether it's hobby, fixed wing, FPV, Cinewhoop drones, everything that we have now will only work in a Freya, and that's it. So the problem that we need to solve is inhibit network-based operations and eliminate manufacturer standards because... I mean, how can we expect the FAA to know how to certify a manufacturer? Right, and the, and that's a, that's what, like right after the connectivity, the amateur built restrictions are are enormous for the recreational uh, folks as well because uh, ninety, you know, huge percentage of all of the uh, the drones that all of us have. I've got sixteen drones. You know, fifteen of them are uh, that I built. You know, one of them I purchased. And so that means that zero of those would be able to uh, fly outside of a Freya because it, you know, I've sourced the components and put it together. The only way you can fly as a, a limited or standard in, per the NPRM is if you purchase all of the components from a single producer that has been approved by the FAA, and then you can assemble it. And so we have recommended some alternatives because, as you were pointing out, one of the ways to respond in the comments is to propose a solution. So we've proposed a solution for that exotic or advanced beyond visual line of sight that where remote ID does make sense, okay, put a transponder on that that you can carry from drone to drone, and that way I don't have to create or purchase all of these separate devices. I agree 100%, and I think what you're mentioning also kind of mirrors or parallels the ADSB system without it being ADSB, which means again, it's a broadcast only system. It's not displaying pilot location and it's not causing uh, privacy issues with pilots. I mean, you know, we, we have been saying here at DroneU that one of the things that we don't like about network or uh, limited uh, RID is the fact that the public uh, will have access to this information about um, pilots. And, you know, that's got a lot of us concerned because there's a lot of fear-mongering people out there that unfortunately believe everything they hear in the news and they think that these drones are spying on them when in reality they're trying to save their house from a wildfire by inspecting the power line that's nearby. So that's got a lot of us concerned, but it begs the question, and, and I think this is a good question for you since you do represent the FPV community, what's going to happen if we're broadcasting the location of children? Yeah, then are we are. And are we violating uh, COPA and uh, those that type of laws? What yeah. are those laws uh, for people who don't know? It is a where you're not allowed to uh, communicate the uh, identity or, and location of uh, individuals under 13 years old. Wow, wow. Well, hmm. We're gonna. This is this is really gonna cause some issues. What do you right. see as the ultimate solution, Dave? Floor is yours. What do we? What What needs to happen? Well, I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic that we see a uh, a, a recreational understanding or a, a an exception, so that if we're flying under 400 feet, which is the current uh, restriction, and that we we are able to fly with a registration for the the pilot, not uh, each um, aircraft. And we're able to fly within a set geographic area. If it's uh, uncontrolled airspace, which is most of what the United States is, we're hoping that it's that we can just fly like we can today. And then if the FAA does not accept that, then our recommendation is 
Today, we have the ability to request a flight or permission to fly through Lance, through an app that is on our phone and that taps into the facility maps. And we get you know, authorization to fly up to an appropriate altitude with a max of 400 feet above the ground. So we could expand Lance to uncontrolled airspace. So if you have a non-equipped uh, UAS, the idea would be, all right, I'd like to be able to fly in uncontrolled airspace wherever and any of my drones, just like I am today. And if that's unacceptable, because we do understand that the FAA wants to know where every drone is in the air, then maybe we could adopt something like we do for controlled airspace today using a Lance application. And then the third step is finally, I've been working on beyond visual line of sight uh, task forces or tasking groups with the FAA. And so this is a lot more sophisticated. And I am an advocate of remote ID for beyond visual line of sight. I mean, this this gets a, a lot more serious the, the risks are higher. You're flying over people. And so, yep, you know, that makes a lot of sense to have a broadcast. I don't see a need for uh, Internet there either, but broadcast remote identification uh, and uh, any you know redundancy will probably also be a thing uh, as we go on uh, over the next couple of years. That's actually a really brilliant solution because you're allowing the FAA and really DHS to get what they're asking for, which is you're just saying, OK, I'm going to go fly. That's it, right? So they know that your vehicle and you are there, which is essentially what they're asking for. Yeah, you have the location and the identification. Bingo, bingo. Brilliant. It's amazing how simple a solution that there is for a quote-unquote complex problem. And this is, today we have 1.3 million recreational uh, drones in the United States. So what we're talking about is a population of model aircraft that are seven times larger than the classic RC. So there are a lot of these, and you know, retrofitting them to add on uh, RID is not viable because if we were to add on a transponder, then it's limited to a FRIA. So this is why the NPRM is uh, uh, over. You know, it's intermingled, and so you know you have to. Um, be comprehensive in the response and the comments that this is the solution we're proposing. Wow. Um, where can people find your solution? Because um, there's a lot of complexities to this, and I really feel like it's confusing a lot of people. And the the reason that we wrote our guide the way that we did was to say, okay, instead of dealing with these little intricacies about, okay, if I have a transponder, then I can't fly in a FRIA, it's like taking this top-down approach, kind of as you've mentioned, right? Like, okay, no network, right? Broadcast only. Let's just do Lance in the whole country, not really hard. And, uh, you know, no manufacturer requirements because I don't know if it's even possible right now to get what the FAA is asking for. I mean, a lot of these parts are being sourced from very different areas of the world. And I'm not sure that there is one store that has all those parts sourced from one location. That being said, where can we find your comment guide so we can get a comprehensive view as recreational hobbyist FPV pilots on how to intelligently respond to increase the effectiveness of our comments? Well, if you go to fpvfc.org, so fpvfc.org, uh, that's our website, and there we've got two pages dedicated to the NPRM. One is provides a, a six-page uh, explanation of this is what the 319-page document means, and so we tried to distill it. We've got an FAQ 
Uh, we also created a talking points document, but then we've also got our document, and it's a little more dense because the audience for our comments is 24 pages, and it includes the reference. And so the, you know, the we anticipate the FAA people to be reading that, so it's referencing their document, so we want it approachable by them. So all of that is available, to, uh, can be downloaded from our uh, fpvfc.org website. And, you know, we're a nonprofit. We got all, all uh, volunteer workers. And so it's uh, if the more people that use it, the better. And uh, just a quick note about the volunteers uh, for everyone out there. Uh, I know you guys don't get to see what goes on behind the curtain, uh, but no one, in my opinion, has worked harder on remote ID than Dave. Um, and Dave, I, I personally thank you. Seriously. Well, I appreciate it. And to the rest of the, the three other guys, Josh Cook, Dan Oaks, and David Wallace. And it's a, it's a great uh, team of guys. And, uh, you know, we're working together and uh, also uh, helping out and uh, participating. And hopefully we'll talk about it, about the uh, the protest that the UFDA crew is also putting together at the end of this month. So wait, let, let's hear about that because I haven't, I, I mean, I know the website and I've heard about it from you, but I haven't really seen much information about that crawling through the internet. So you're telling me a bunch of uh, like-minded pilots are going to go stand up for our rights in front of the FAA building? They are. And so it's uh, it's scheduled for uh, for sure. It's February Saturday, February 29. And they'll have some activities uh, February Friday, February 28. And so you, you can imagine when I heard about this for the first time, I was like, oh, you're going to go to Washington, D.C. and stand in front of the FAA I've been working over a year to try to work collaboratively and get to know these people, and you're going to be protesting. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. So we, we've talked to the uh, UFDA crew. Uh, they, uh, the lead uh, member of their uh, bunch of guys is a, an events planner. So they're doing this right. They're getting the permits. They're talking to uh, folks around the Capitol and getting uh, all of the, uh, the approvals they need. And so we feel that it will be done professionally. And uh, we're sending uh, Josh uh, out from Arizona to be there in Washington. And it will literally be in front of the FAA uh, building. And if you look at um, saveourhobby.com is the, uh, is the URL. And uh, it is in front of uh, LaFont. So it's, uh, it's right there. LaFont Plaza, which is one of the biggest metro stations in, in all of D.C. And I right. know that because I worked for a law firm in D.C. growing up there. And they told me to take these uh, these court doc dockets to LaFont Plaza. And so I got on the metro and went to LaFont Plaza and called my boss. And he's like, no, the LaFont Plaza conference room that was <laughs> named after all the metro stations. So <laughs> that was one of my first mess ups. So, uh, but I have to say, I think it's smart to not fly. Do not fly during the protest because... You are not breaking FAA regulations at that point. You are breaking federal law at law. that point for I'm, security. You right. will it's be not, arrested. It is arrest, not good. Yeah. It's not just like a little civil fine and oh no, yeah, it's an issue. And and I'm really proud of the uh, UFDA crew. Uh, they've been explicit with everyone. Don't bring a mini whoop. Don't don't bring any any aircraft. Just don't bring it. No one is going to be flying, and they they understand that. And they every time they talk to folks about you know coming down, they're like, don't don't take it out of your bag. Don't bring it with you. 
You know, it's funny. You're like, don't take it out of your bag. And I'm getting this like image in my head of like a whole new way of protesting, like taking a broomstick and attaching it to the bottom of my FPV racer and raising it up and, you know, like fight for the rights. <laughs> so. Well, some of the guys were suggesting kites. And then, uh, but we said, you know, let's don't taunt people. This is, you know, we want a, a peaceful, respectful uh, protest. And uh, that that's the, uh, the sentiment that's coming through. And uh, they wanted uh, to raise five thousand uh, dollars to cover expenses. Uh, last time I checked, they were at seventy six hundred uh, dollars. So uh, they've gotten good support, and they have. Uh, it looks to be uh, a good turnout to the protest. That is so inspiring to hear. That is really yeah. inspiring. How do you feel like the fight is going overall? Because it seems like groups that we thought, just as you said earlier, are pushing out. Uh, comment guides and, and, and articles that are kind of following our lead. And I don't mean to try to sound egotistical, but you and I were the first group, your team and our team were the first groups um, to put out a comment guide. And um, are you feeling good about this? Are you feeling like we're making some traction here? Well, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And so when we see organizations like uh, uh, AOPA or the uh, uh, Alliance for Drone Innovation, uh, when we see the EAA, when we see Kitty Hawk, and their comments are largely, if not exactly, in line with what we put out in our guides. And so that's hugely important. I'm surprised that you would raise Kitty Hawk because they want to segregate the airspace to 200 feet. Yeah, and I would characterize that as generally in line. And so they they brought out points about the manufacturing uh, restrictions being too uh, restrictive. They understand and they talked a, l- a little bit about the connectivity. But you know, in large part, you know, we're in a in a similar uh, view that the uh, the NPRM is uh, too restrictive and needs to be uh, throttled back in order to be um, com- the you know. They also brought out the point that many folks have, which is you know, unreasonable regulations will result in large-scale non-compliance, and that's not what we want. True. I think so, it's going to make it worse for everyone else. Um, I do find it interesting, though, how – and I want to make this point because, I, you know, FPV racers, I feel like I connect with more than a lot of commercial drone pilots. Um, but I want to make this point really, really apparent. It's, it's interesting to me, Dave – how some of these companies, a lot like Kitty Hawk, a lot like AMA, um, have put out all these, you know, marketing pieces about remote ID, but then they switch their tune last minute because they're realizing, oh, wait, this is a real problem. And I mean, even KH has been accused of really pushing Lance for recreational pilots to begin with. So, there's some botched credibility going on here, but you know what? At the end of the day, we've got to be grateful that at least people are changing their tune because they're realizing right. it's just not going to work. I had the, the privilege of being in Washington at, a, at the FAA offices on January 14, and this is we were selected as one of the 12 companies for the UAS Knowledge Test Administration. So this is a cohort where it's not uh, selected, but this was the cohort providing uh, feedback for the uh, administration of the test. And I said, you know, when we were there, I said, you know, we really are grateful to the FAA because they've done something with this NPRM, they've done something that's that's really fantastic. And they've brought all of us together. People who wouldn't answer the phone are now answering the phone and, you know, obviously very much tongue in cheek. 
but it has allowed us to, okay, you know, we don't agree on everything, but boy, we agree on, on these core things, and the voice back to the FAA has to be unified, has to be, just as you said, professional, polite, and productive, uh, and that's what you know, that's what the comments are going to be from, you know, from FPVFC. I think you just coined a new triple P, and I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But you know what? It was funny. Vic and I were just talking about this. You know, I make a lot of statements tongue in cheek as well. And uh, I just think it is so important just to not be afraid to ask hard questions. And, you know, Vic has a point about me that oftentimes I can do a much better job at how I deliver these tongue in cheek comments. But at the end of the day, it's this asking of the hard questions that I think is unifying us, you know, so... Yeah, don't feel bad about it, Dave. I'm on your side on this one. <laughs> and we also just released a, a video that uh, Josh Cook did uh, last night. We re- released that today. So it's, once again, a, a more approachable uh, 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 vehicle. And uh, Josh is uh, is very much charged up. And the video is a little a little edgier than, you know, my uh, button-down uh, normal uh, process. So it's a it's a nice compliment to uh, uh, for the two of us and, you know, both representing FPVFC. I feel like you're the more polished, like uh, the old guy. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the guy that's that's getting. All right, kids, come on, let's get together. If we're gonna do something, we gotta do it together. You know. <laughs> but the thing is, is that another reason I respect you so greatly is because you have the experience, you have the practical knowledge, and I think the nature of these DAC meetings, the ARC, all these these committees. They are devoid of real pilots, pilots that are actually out there flying. Um, now, there's one guy, and I, I got to get this guy's name, um, from CNN. And he oh. said it so beautifully in the last day. Probably, probably Effie Needham from CNN Air, and he uh, participates in a lot of the DAC work, and he created the animation for us for the UAS facility maps. Great guy, and you'll see some nice artwork. Awesome. Well, if someone wants to send me his address, I'm going to send him a box of gold. So <laughs> I mean, uh, he's really the one that's out there saying like, hey, you know, we really don't have a lot of people who are actually out there, uh, you know, and this is their livelihood. Uh, and, you know, it's being overrun by the cellular carriers. It's being overrun by the security agencies. It's being overrun by, frankly, people who have no idea how to fly. I mean, literally, I, I, I went into one of those meetings myself and I, I asked a question before they started and I said, can anyone tell me what is the ultimate indicator of a safe flight in the first 30 seconds of flight? Dead silence. Dead silence. And you know what? Uh, going back to your position for FPV, I really do feel like you are providing a more uh, polished kind of traditional stance um, to help fight the FPV group. And while a lot of FPV racers would probably agree with me that we don't want to like assimilate to uh, the American politics and government system and wear suits and whatnot, sometimes you've got to get on other people's level uh, to communicate properly. It's not about you know what you're saying, but more so how you say it. What is it? The thirty-eight fifty-five seven rule, which is it's not what you say, it's how you say it in your body language, and you're you're playing that role. And I don't think a lot of people would stand up. We're trying to work from within, and one of the you know, as you look at the drone advisory committee, it's thirty-five seats, and effectively two of them have operator um, representation. One is DJI, the other is uh, AMA, and of course DJI is also a manufacturer. But if you look around the room. 
there are a lot of people, a lot of gray hair, but it's also uh, a lot of decades and decades of experience with the with the FAA and with the manned aviation uh, manufacturers, organizations, and associations. And they have been really open to us. And once they see that you know that we're able or willing to sign up to a tasking group, do work, take minutes, you know, go out and do research, bring back work product. That gives us credibility to, oh, okay, so now, you know, yeah, well, we're interested. We'll help you. This is how you should structure your comments. And, you know, it's really ill-advised to do the following. And that's been invaluable for us to quickly get an education on the right way to approach the FAA. So I'm cautiously optimistic to to circle back to your uh, question. Well, uh, Dave, again, you're doing a great job. So just one last time. Where can everyone find your most recent comment guide and materials to help them comment on the proposed remote ID? Uh, on fpvfc.org, and it, that's our website. And also, you can find us, uh, FPV Freedom Coalition, on Facebook as well. But the guide and all of the materials are on two uh, specific pages on the website. Fantastic, Dave. Thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for us today, everyone. Hopefully, you will go out and make a comment or even an additional comment full of fervor, intelligent, but productive. The triple P, right? What was that, Dave? Polite, professional, productive. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Get out there, ladies and gentlemen. You got to comment. Save the dream of flight, not only for yourself, but your future kids and your grandkids. Because if you're like us, then you love to take flight as well. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank you again for listening in. Please don't forget to leave us a review wherever you watch the show as it helps other people find this information. And right now, we need everyone's help. So will you finally share the show? I hope so. My name is Paul, and this is another episode of Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.